Another debut. We are up to a full baseball team of players who've made their debut this year for the Cleveland Guardians. I like this addition. We'll get into why Ty Freeman was the right call. Uh, We'll talk about a win for the Guardians today, facing a team they should beat. We're also going to get into some of the -the under-the-radar prospects in this system. Who are some guys whose stats pop off the page, but whose names may not on today's Locked On Guardians? You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, sporting a new hat. Thank you, Locked On Network. Uh... Before taking this gig here, when I was one of the OG baseball hosts, as they say in the parlance, I I don't think anyone actually says that in the parlance anymore, but you know, I'm 40, so I'm behind things. Uh, But before working here at Lockdown, I worked at Scout and 24-7 as a draft and prospect analyst and appeared in every Cleveland sports blog imaginable, many that don't even exist nowadays. Uh, And then uh, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. So we're going to talk about promotions, we're going to talk about games, we're going to talk about under-the-radar prospects in that order. So let's start with the game today. Was anyone else thrown off by a Wednesday day game? <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm not used to that. It was one of those things that really threw me off, you know, and I, I looked at the lineup and then I go, oh, that's right, I know. And what's fun is Arizona also promoted someone, Tommy Hunter, Hunter, Tommy Henry, Michigan kid, so his whole family was down. It was a big deal. It's like I saw a four-hour commute. So we had a pair of players making their debut. Guardians had the a lined up, you know, everything lined up well. Nice to have Hot Oscar back, right? You know, the big home run in this, and a multi-hit game. You know, who, who reached base twice? Rosario did. Rosario just staying flaming. Uh, Rosario, Jose reached base twice. Oscar Gonzalez reached base twice, and then. Ty Freeman and Austin Hedges, who, for all of my trash talk on Hedges, you know, uh, Zach, if you're watching, he, uh, at Fenios MVP, I should know that name, I interact with him a bunch, but uh, he has talked about how I'm batting like a thousand this year of when I put the stink eye on someone that just like, Ty Freeman's recent hot streak happened after I took a big stand on Twitter about him. And said so many negative things that he followed me for about a week. Uh, it was mildly entertaining in that regard that uh, because of my, my, uh, here's the thing. Like, I like Ty Freeman as a prospect, and I think this is the right role, and we'll get into this more in segment two. But I do have my concerns that I've expressed many times on the show. But yeah, he followed me for about a week, and I was on vacation, so I really didn't tweet too much more after that. But you know, uh, I have this skill of just really, you know, guys becoming all-stars after I uh, denounce them. So, uh, Zach Plesak, you know, his hot run happened after that. Cal Contrell, he's, he should just be a pen arm. Uh, I mean, I've been saying bad things about Aaron Savale all year with his health, and it hasn't, I, I can't help there. Uh, who else do I need to start uh, attacking? Uh, who is not performing well in this lineup? That's a thing. It's kind of nice. Most guys are. Uh, I, I should like find a way to reverse jinx Josh Naylor's health because that's what we're missing right now. If Naylor was healthy and able to play first base, how fun would this team look? And again, it's incremental, but 
think how bad they were a year ago. Think of all the dead spots in the lineup. Yes, Hedges is kind of a dead spot now. But overall, I mean, yeah, Straw is not necessary. And I know people get so frustrated with Straw. With Straw, he's a good friend of Jose. An elite defender at, like, arguably, at, not arguably, a top three defensive position. Uh, plus speed. Uh he he gets a lot of pitches, so he helps wear down pitchers. As a ninth guy, ideal. Ideal. That's fine. Hopefully, he'll get closer to being closer to league average. I don't think he's going to be a league average bat, but we'll take that. So overall in this game, you know, Bieber had another strong performance for him. He gave up two runs in the sixth. He was cruising for most of this game. I believe it was a two-run home run that allowed that. Four hit, zero walks. I mean, it was, uh, he was just completely dominating uh, 99 how big is 99 being 99 of two years ago uh being able to deploy him as a seventh inning weapon if he can get even like i said 80 because you know go back two years you could argue top five reliever in baseball if you can get to 80 percent of that he's great trevor Steffen continues to be effective uh, i know you maybe don't want the two hits but he still struck out the side and then morgan Remember how excited we were for Eli Morgan? I don't know what's going wrong there. Uh, this is where, you know, you're hoping a coach is stepping in, if he's tipping something, or if it's just he's over-relying on a pitch, or what's going down. I know it was a two-run home run. You, know, you look at it, it's like in one inning, you know, Trevor Stephan allows two hits. Eli Morgan allows two hits. Just the one happened to go out of the yard. Morgan has always been home run prone. That, that's one of the big concerns with him. You know, that he's Josh Tomlin is what I compared him to with better strikeout rates. But it's just been, it has been really bad. He is giving up runs in almost every outing he has had. Uh, he's gone from the bell of the ball to the guy who kind of makes you a little squeamish right now. And we talked about, you know, Sandlin has made that comeback this year. Uh, 99 has made that comeback this year. But for Morgan, okay, so August 1st, he didn't give up any runs. And July 31st, he didn't give up any runs. But, you know, then there was... The 26th and 23rd, he gave up. 15th and 13th, not. I guess, you know, that's a thing. Like, for as much as we all, most outings, he's still not giving up runs. But since late June, you know, it, you get that, go back to June 19th, the ERA was 162. We're now talking 372. So it's gone up two earned runs in that time. It was going to go up. He had some luck, but still a little disconcerting. Box score bingo. Cleveland had nine hits and three walks, an error on each side. And, I mean, Andres just continues to get hit by pitches. So, uh, let's see, 211 and then 14 opportunities. That should be about five runs. They got seven. That is because, you know, they had two home runs and a double. Not that many extra base hits. That's They actually outperformed their expectations there. Other side, Arizona, nine hits, the one error, zero walks. So they had 10 opportunities at the end of the day. And they also had two home runs. And on those 10 opportunities, you'd expect about three runs. So they outperformed as well. Uh, Alec Thomas. It's, it's hard for me to talk about Alec Thomas. I thought for sure they were going to draft him. I I even talked to, like, a scout, an agent, not his agent, a different agent, and someone inside baseball who all thought he was ticketed to Cleveland I gave him a first-round grade, and he went to Arizona in the second round. 
outfield's looking good. But if we had Straw, Thomas, and Quan, whew, that'd be nice. Like, I thought for sure, um, you know, they were going to go out and add him. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen that year. You know, why did I think? Young for the class, cold weather bat. Dad was, maybe still is, the scouting director, or not scouting director, strength and conditioning coach uh, for the Chicago White Sox. So he had bloodlines, he had youth. He was cold weather. He was left-handed. He was a good athlete. He had a you know an advanced approach at the plate, and he fell to let's see which pick was he in the 2018 in the second round of the draft. Of course, my computer is going to slow down now that I decide to go off topic. I have everything lined up, and then I go off topic. Uh, he was, I mean, he was the 20th pick in the second round that year. Uh, Cleveland would take Sandlin just uh, four picks later in that class. And if you're wondering who, who the guardians took instead of him in the first round of the 2018 draft, you know, that that's the year they took Bo Naylor. So it's hard to argue against Bo, but I would still contend that the guy who's up there doing it, but they also took Lenny Torres and Nathan Hankins instead. And that was one of those things. Like I thought for sure the Torres pick could be him or actually more the Hankins pick Torres was pretty well lined up to them. And Hankins leaked out, pretty good information as well. We all knew Torres was likely going, uh, but yeah, <laughs> passed on three times. Boy, would he look good there now. Cleveland wins this series. Stay at game behind the twins, four games over 500. Uh, and they're just going to keep hanging around. They made the promotion. We are going to, in segment two, get into the promotion and, uh, you know, talk about Ty Freeman, talk about the lineup, talk about why I'm very happy with this move. <laughs> I wasn't very happy at the moves from yesterday, but I was very happy about the addition of Ty Freeman. It's time to take a moment and talk about something high class, something that is one of a kind, the original online jeweler, BlueNile.com. You know, if you want to get jewelry, you don't want to get something that looks like everything else. You don't, if you're going to spend that money, you want to get something original, something that stands out. That is what our friends at Blue Nile provide. They, they're specializing right now. Their focus is on wedding jewelry and fine jewelry. You know, if it's engagement rings and bands or diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, gemstone necklaces, they have you covered. They have 24-7 support to make sure that you get the right piece. And right now, make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Okay, so I'm not the biggest Ty Freeman fan, but I love the promotion. On Front Street, my concern with Freeman is there's not a lot of power in the bat. He doesn't walk a lot. He is a makes has fantastic contact rates. It is a profile that has been hard to translate. The player it reminded me of throughout the minors was Francisco Mejia. You know, just good or bad, that's what it is. But in this, if he could play, if you take that Owen Miller role and that Ernie Clement role and smash them together, and you have a guy who's like an everyday player, but it's he's going to play a game at first, he's going to play a game at second, you know, he's going to move through the lineup. Perfect. The ultimate super utility guy. That can be Ty Freeman. And as Tito has shown with Clement and Martinez and Freeman, uh, you don't have to play outfield in the minors to play outfield for Tito Francona. So while he's not really been an outfielder, and 
He played third today. The arm is not that. That's been a question for a while, um, even before the labrum surgery. But when he's it's a backup role, when it's not an everyday role, it works. Now again, I don't know if I'd necessarily be putting him out in right field, but left field, the infield, he does everything Clement does, but better. And Clement is a great teammate. He's well loved. He's a good athlete. But they were asking him to do too much, and the performance was reflected in that. So you're you're this is an upgrade. This is 100% an upgrade. It makes your team better. It is a pretty big upgrade, in my opinion, when you go from Clement to Freeman. Freeman is, in some regards, I think would be an upgrade over, um, you know, Owen Miller. Miller definitely does have more power potential than Freeman, but I think he's just a better hitter. I think you get more. So if you, I know some people out there, like, they don't want two utility hitters. You need more outfielders. But I, I, you know, if you're going, what they need and what they want to do with the way this team is set up is they need right-handed bats. So they're going to play at the same time. This is the situation. They're going to play at the same time when they're facing a tough lefty or just a lefty. <laughs> it's a guy making his major league debut. Uh, you know, they're, they're both going to be out there. And I'm fine with that. It, it can work this way. Now, for my money, uh, when it is a righty, Miller should be sitting and Freeman should be playing. So Miller should move in the Clement role more and Freeman should take over that primary super sub role. And again, I, you know, I think he'll hit for a decent average. I don't know if he's going to have enough everything else to make him a plus starter, but two win player, like the, the comp on him is very clearly David Fletcher of the angels throughout his career, just the profile, the way uh, the statistical numbers there's a lot of room for comparison, and that's why it comes up all the time. That's why I've been a little bit lower, but Fletcher is a borderline starter in baseball, and Freeman is, I mean, maybe he grows into power, and then I have to go back and do this as one of those I was wrong statements. Those happen a lot, and I'm okay admitting it, and I will happily admit it. But right now, he's kind of that fringe level. But a fringe level guy who's a super utility guy who's playing that role and playing almost every day, I mean, that's a great value. This team got better. End of story. Promoting Freeman made them better. And I hate to phrase it that way because, again, Clement, his, it's not Clement's fault. He was put in a situation that he is not prepared for, that he is, he is a solid performer. I think he's, you know, a major league talent, but I don't think he is someone who, who you want getting, you know, 100 to 200 plate appearances in a year. Ty Freeman, you want that is the minimum. And you're hoping it'll go up from there. So I think, you know, like I said, it maybe grows into power. That's not beyond the realm of possibility. The swing isn't really geared for it, though. You know, a lot of places just don't see it. I know we had started hitting some home runs, but again, I'm going to caution that Columbus Park uh, is, you know, not great. And and through the course of the year, his runs created plus relative to that level has been below league average because it is it's all contact and there isn't really a second tool that shows up as average or better but again borderline starter makes a heck of a backup right if if this guy could be i mean for years the guardians have been looking for a borderline starter in their outfield uh will gladly take borderline for a very long time they couldn't find that so it's, it's not an insult and when for me you know i i didn't have him when i was rewriting my top 10 prospects list i'll get that out at some point he didn't make my top 10 because it is i see more likely a backup 
I think he's a pretty safe backup with a you know high floor, but that's what kind of moved him down for me. In this role, he's going to be extremely productive and extremely valuable. I, I think we'll see. It, it is a profile that, like I said, maybe you know he's a young kid. He's coming off a of surgery. Maybe he surprises us with power, and I look you know dumb by saying that it's he's more of a backup. Maybe like a lot of guys, he struggles with that transition to be able to when you're you know like Francisco Mejia has where. You know, hitting is really hard to do at the major league level. Then I look dumb for saying that he's a safe prospect. So I really can't win in this. Either way, I'm going to end up wrong. But the Guardians are better. They didn't go out and make a trade to make themselves better. I still wish they had done that. I wish they had figured out. There were ways trading for Omar Navarez, for instance, with the Brewers. I mean, the Brewers, and everyone's asking me about uh, Lamette, who they just let go. If the Brewers are giving up on him, and, you know, talking to people in San Diego, it, it sounds like his career might be done. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to pitch this year. It's very clear he was part of that trade for Josh Hader just to help balance salaries because San Diego was so up against the luxury tax. That's why they were trying to work out those Hosmer deals. So his inclusion was just about money. And then he was immediately let go because of that. I don't, I don't know if he's ever coming back. Uh, the Brewers also let go of Pedro uh, Serviano, the catcher, who is one of the guys they were going to maybe hold on to if they traded Navarez or Navarez, um, but, you know, he was suspended, I believe, for PED, so he can't be in the postseason. He's got horrible framing data, so he's not for Cleveland either. But, it, you know, this team didn't get better yesterday. They got better today, though. And if they start doing more promotions, like, okay, so, again, I kind of dig the opener. I don't dig Brian Shaw as the opener. Uh, you know, call up Xavier Curry pitched well today. He's missing a lot of bats. He is a bit home run prone in AAA, but that park doesn't do him any favors. He's he's got good numbers. Call up Curry. I'm not sure he's more in a relief. I'm not sure if Curry and Gaddis are starters long term or if they're relievers, but I believe they're both major league pitchers. And I think in the pen, they might both be really strong in the rotation. They might be more back end types. But call him up. You know, especially at this point in time, everything's about youth. You're not willing to trade your prospects. You're doing a, a youth movement here. Say goodbye to Shaw, call up Curry, let Curry, let Gaddis, let them start that game on Saturday, and you got McCarty to come in and kind of piggyback if you need it. Uh, go get that move done. Let's see what some of the young pitchers can do. Let's keep uh, making this team better and using that youth. Uh, you know, one other guy we have to talk about who could be that choice, that that answer, I don't know if it's going to be as a starter or could be that relief arm they desperately need. Cody Morris today, first inning, struck out the side. Next inning... I believe it was two strikeouts and then a single, and then he got an out. Here's the thing. <laughs> First six batters, he struck out five of them. Now, he only went two and two-thirds innings, gave up a home run, ended up giving up two runs in that time. He hasn't pitched since spring training uh, against live, you know, real competitive guys. He's been out in Arizona. That's his first uh, pitching performance in AAA. Elite arm. I had him as a... Maybe not a lead arm. Let's, let's chill a bit there. Three above average pitches, eh, two above average pitches, and a show me. Fastball has missed so many bats. He has been able to miss bat. The, basically, the big concern was always health, and then this year it was health again. Is he a starter? I don't know if he can hold up. Could he be that other relief arm this team needs? Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to take him a little bit of time, and they still haven't added him back to the forty man, so that's going to be their next roster decision to make. But I think he could be that option, maybe as a starter. 
I mean, he hasn't thrown a lot of innings, so maybe you feel comfortable. But with all that missed time, even if it's as a pen arm, he could be a heavy use pen arm because the arm's fresh. We're going to take our next break, come back, talk about some of the prospects that we really haven't talked about this year. Who are the guys who are performing very well, who you know aren't that top 15 to 20 group? Who are the guys who are the, the next Cody Morris, right? Who are the next Brian Lavastida? Who are the guys we've talked about, but who started out kind of further down and then had to prove themselves? You'll find out in segment three of Lockdown Guardians. And, okay, I know I'm not supposed to have favorites or sponsors, but th- this is my favorite sponsor, Built Bar. And uh, I can't help but laugh because I'm at the website now, and I'm very sad because they have a peanut butter lover's box. And the reason that I'm sad is my, I've been avoiding peanut butter as my son is allergic. If not, I would be buying this box right now because I love the peanut butter. Everything they do peanut butter-wise is fantastic. In fact, you can get a peanut butter lover's bundle right now. Go check that out. Do yourself that favor. Uh, you know, if I didn't have a kid who was under one and very badly allergic, I would be picking that up right now. They do peanut butter so well over at BuiltBar.com. Cookie dough puff, that's a great flavor. Toffee almond, that was in the OG world. I'm using that term a lot today. My favorite bar when they're old recipes. I love the toffee almond. Go to BuiltBar.com for yourself. I had two Built Bars today. I had a Crave. Also has peanut butter in it, but I, it you know, it's from before the allergy. Needed to eat it up. And a churro puff. I love Built Bar. I eat it all the time. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. That is the um, promo code I use on all my orders, not just because it helps us out. It's also the only promo code I know that gives you 15% off. Again, promo code LOCK15. BuiltBar.com. You'll thank yourself and you'll... Your body will thank you, and you'll thank me. Go check it out. Underrated prospects. So if I right now said, who leads the Cleveland Guardians minor leagues in slugging percentage? You would be like, oh, I know this. Will Benson is just showing the baseball. And I would tell you, you are wrong. Be like, okay, well, you know, it's got to be John Kenzie Noel. He's got, like, more home runs than, like, the next two guys on the list combined. And I would say, no, the next two guys on the list combined for 33. But it's not John Kenzie Noel. It's the player who's third on that list in home runs. It is a former third-round pick who, when he was taken, was the youngest player in his draft class, a switch hitter from Puerto Rico named Jonathan Rodriguez, who I really liked for a while. was one of those guys who always kind of sat in the teens but just wasn't performing quite as well as I think was hoped. And, you know, OPS was almost never over 800 those first few years in the minors. I don't know if it ever got over that number. I'm just looking at the data now. And again, OPS is a flawed stat. Uh, 813 last year when he started the year in low A, got up to high A for 24 games and really struggled. This year, OPS of uh, 893. That's, you know, by far the high watermark. Uh, 553 slugging, 16 home runs, 15 doubles, two triples. Now he's only walking 6% of the time and striking out 27% of the time. There's definitely some, uh, you, you got to hope that he is a switch hitting Oscar Gonzalez. When you look at the profile, now he walks more than Oscar Gonzalez did. He's still only 22 years of age, even though he was drafted way back in 2017 because he was so young then. $450,000 bonus, I believe. I don't know if that was over slot or slot. But he was the youngest player in that class. He's played a little bit of center, a little bit of left, one game at third base. But he's mostly been a right fielder. 
top slugging percentage. I didn't expect to see that. And, you know, we've talked about so many top performers in the minor leagues this year. His name hasn't come up, and he just has gotten better as the year has gone on. Again, 553 slugging. Will Benson's 522. Uh, Noel, 514. So, you know, you feel like, who's next? Bo Naylor at 502. Who's after that? Alex Call at 500. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I, you know, I think it. you go through and you're like, well, what are some of the other guys? How about a name, Jose Cedeno? So I was looking at stats, uh, minor league stats. I was just looking at the runs created plus. And Jose Cedeno is, he's in the Dominican Summer League. So A, that is, that's way down. Like that's, I, I often don't look at guys out in that league, if I'm being honest, because it is a very low level of competition. If you look at the entire minor leagues, he currently has the 14th best runs created plus in baseball. He's a five foot seven catcher who didn't even make the Baseball America uh, scouting report when on the Guardian signing class for him. I, I texted or texted, I DM Justin Lada, uh, JL underscore baseball over at Indian uh, Indians, Guardians uh, Baseball Insider. I'm like, what do you have? And he kind of he sent me that. I got the the Baseball America information was from him. But a lot of the other stuff was the stuff that I knew. And how, this year, he has a 19% walk rate to 10% strikeout rate. A bat put of 400, which you know, again, means really positive uh, contact rates. There's a lot of positives. Again, he's a five foot seven catcher doing this in the Dominican Summer League. But that's enough that I'm going to start checking back on him. Like I look at that performance. I'm like, okay, so that's that's you at least have to look back when you see someone who's performing at that level. And I always, you know, talk about, you know, they don't have any catching. He's he's 17. Uh, who knows if we'll even stick it as a catcher, but it's fasting. The 179 runs created plus. Next highest runs created plus, Will Benson's 154, then Bo Naylor's 153. Uh, after them, who's got the fourth best in the minors? How about Jason, uh, you know, butcher the name, Churio. Now, I have a longstanding theory, and I have a, I'm have putting together a list of all the brothers in baseball. Every pair of brothers were one brother made to the major leagues and the other played in the minors. Professional brothers. Because I have a longstanding theory that younger brothers actually have been more successful than older brothers. We'll see. I'm collecting this list. Uh, I tweeted it out. You can go find that at Jeff MLE Draft. Uh, you can go in and comment and add names that I don't have. One of the funny things, again, discussing things with Justin, we both left off the Zimmers in our discussion. Just blanked on them uh but i i say this because jason churio his brother is a top five prospect in baseball maybe the most interesting bat in the minor leagues right now uh, top level performer in a ball just got promoted to high a had a huge game here's his younger brother in the guardian system 23 almost 24 percent walk rate 11 percent strikeout rate 345 bat pip He's he's playing well. He's playing very well. So good bloodlines, name to watch. Fifth, Alex Call. So again, you know, we talk about who is performing. Uh, and if you're curious, Jonathan Rodriguez, six. Seventh, Angel, how about Angel Martinez? I don't think I expect him to be that high, and that's kind of one of those things where I go, oh, okay, 20-year-old in high A, doing what he's doing. We need to take a step back and really he's – He's got to be in the top 10 discussion as well, and he's definitely getting protected at the end of this year. Uh, Will Brennan, uh, Albert, Alberto Menendez is eighth. Will Brennan, nine. Jake Fox at 10. I feel like I've talked about Fox 
So maybe I don't go into it too much, but well, you know, Milan Tolentino got promoted and has come back to earth a little bit. Jake Fox is still in low A. He's still you know, 17% walk rate. He's performing very well at that level. You'd like to see a little more slugging right now. It's all on base skills. And, you know, what's funny about to go one ahead of him, Will Brennan's been a leadoff hitter most this year. He's got like a 20 RBI lead uh, at that position in the Guardians minors. And then P.D. Halpin, we probably haven't given enough love. He is kind of in that tier that's just outside the top 10. I could, And if someone wanted to put him in the top 10, I wouldn't argue. Center fielder, good defender, great speed, walking at a good, doing it, you know, just has gotten better and better as the year has gone on. You know, when in that draft class, they paid him like a second round pick when they took him in the third round. And at the time, I, I talked about it. Like he, he was just outside my top 50. And he was like Pete Crow Armstrong light. He was the junior version there. So yeah, that kind of stood out when I was looking at, you know, some of these kind of under the radar prospects in the system. If you're curious in terms of walk percentage, Jason Churio is number one. If you're talking prospects, it's then Benson, like guys above DSL, Isaiah Green, Will Benson, Bo Naylor, your top three. Hardest to strike out. We know that's important. Freeman one. Cedeno two, Churio three, Will Brennan four. Again, I mean, Brennan is making it harder and harder to not call him up. Alex call six. And then Jorge Burjos, who we talked about, is another guy who's just performed really well this year. At 10th on that list, Gabriel Rodriguez was a pretty big name signing, got a lot of money, and then, you know, I don't know if I want to say he was, I mean, yeah, he was disappointing in his early seasons in Cleveland in the minors. Walk rate up, strikeout rate down, uh, has his, has more home runs this year than he hit in you know the previous two seasons he played combined. One twenty seven runs created plus. He's darn near have to be added. There are reasons they really liked him as an up the middle player. I believe he was a seven figure bonus. I could be wrong. Finally putting it together. This is the type of guys they protect. And when I was talking about you know who they who they have to protect. I had his pulled up. I just didn't put him on that have-to list. But there's a good chance they are going to protect him. And it's someone to look at because it's another up-the-middle, young, talented player. And on top of that, you're looking at, you know, you look at Brennan, you look at Bo Naylor, you look at Rodriguez, um, both of them, Gabriel and Jonathan. The advances hitters have made this year in system is impossible to look beyond. The job that coaching has done throughout the minors this year I mean, I think we're seeing it. We're seeing why, like, someone like Junior Batances, while he hasn't worked with most of these guys I mentioned, you know, his name keeps coming up when I talk to people because of the job being done across that minor league system. For years, they had pitching down. Right now, pitching might be their bigger weakness. We'll have to see, you know, that elite tier of guys, which right now, honestly, for me, Espino, Williams, uh, and Bybee are in the elite tier. I'm putting all three in that. And then you got Logan Allen kind of almost alone in the next tier for me. And then you got some of the interesting guys in the next group like Gaddis and Curry and Burns. And you can just keep adding in there like, all of the recent picks. Uh, you know, it's like, I, I guess basically it's like guys who have a chance to be a one or a two mid rotation, more than likely back end types. And this team needs more of that kind of upper tier, at least mid rotation type of arms. So we'll see. They're. At some point, it would be nice to go out and see them trade for another starter. Because, yes, there are those three guys who could be special, but 
Uh, you know, and we'll have to see. Uh, you know, Denholm was just activated. He was one of the big velocity gainers for this organization. We'll see what they can do with this year's group of arms and see who can take a step forward. But it's going to be fun to watch. We haven't done the under-the-radar pitchers, so we'll do that. Um, potentially on tomorrow's show, we're going to do a mailbag. And, of course, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about the game against Houston. I know I didn't talk about Houston or do a preview because I think you know who Houston has, even after the deadline with a bunch of additions. It's going to be a rough weekend. It's very likely to be a rough weekend, if we are being honest. I am Jeff Ellis. This is the Locked on Guardians podcast for this week. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. Uh, Subscribe on YouTube. We're getting closer and closer on YouTube to 500 subscribers. We're, you know, keep moving up into the high 400s. So, you know, if you haven't subscribed, and here's the thing. If you have a Gmail account, the you have a YouTube account. Not playing so you just go there, click subscribe. Uh, you can also, draft. we're at 550. <laughs> we're no, getting tired of that. That's it. I'm, I'm at 438 subscribers. Ideas. You can click subscribe uh, and then click don't alert me. And I won't bother you. On today's <laughs> Pop on up in your feeds, but then I still get the credit. So that would be very helpful. Again, I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on Guardians podcast for today. You are locked on Guardians. And as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go. Podcast 